This is a HeadGum Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Your specific facts will almost always change the outcome, and you should always seek an attorney before doing anything. Literally anything. Ryan Morrison is an attorney licensed in New York, and Austin and O'Connor are just normal humans not licensed to do anything anywhere. Proceed with caution. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I'm Ryan Morrison. And I'm Austin Hoffman. And O'Connor's not here with us this week. And He's it is a spoil sport. It's a for a good reason. So the the Facebook privacy story has been a big one for a long time, obviously. People keep asking us to explain what's going on or, or make it a topic of an episode. So we are doing just that. And we had O'Connor and our wonderful research assistant, Caroline, get together and really dig deep into this stuff. And I think they both died of boredom. Oh, my God. Uh, they dug I don't, so deep. I don't think there's anything worse than reading a bunch of privacy policies and the surrounding law. And as someone who does that as part of their job, I can I can absolutely vouch that this is terrible enough. <laughs> How many times have you died from boredom? Oh, constantly. I'm on my 80th life. You must but... have your soul stored in a phylactery, you lich you. What is a phylactery? Uh, it is where a lich uh, stores his soul so that if his physical body dies... He... Is this from lore of liches, or is this from a specific well, game this, or movie? This is, no, 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 no. This is from this is from Dungeons & Dragons in general, but uh, fans of Harry Potter will note that Voldemort is a lich. Uh, as I'm he... not... I have never seen or read Harry Potter. Ah, interesting. Well, the... Uh... And everyone just unsubscribed. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, this is a, a really boring but heavy topic. And what's interesting here is this will not be a boring episode. No. Because there is... What's what's actually happening here and what the behind-the-scenes stuff is, is is going on, it's not as simple as, oh, they have your information and, oh, they're targeting you and, oh, they know everything about you. This gets next-level scary, and we're already kind of in that big brother reality that everybody's afraid of but doing nothing to prevent and i think just hearing where we're already at is a good little wake-up call for a lot of people oh we're already in black mirror people think oh that show black mirror where they show dystopian near futures like me i get freaked out by it we're not there yet but we're close oh no 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 we're there we're already in the episode. So Facebook tracks everything about you. They, 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 This is no surprise or secret to anyone. Facebook tracks the content or other information you provide willingly. It gives you them information on how you use their services. That's how long you stay on a certain part of the page before you scroll down, how long you hover over something with your mouse before you click it, how long you click for all of that stuff is tracked. It tracks all your information about payments. It lets them know exactly what kind of card you used. If you use PayPal, uh, through what website you you store everything. It'll let them know what device you're on. Are you on your computer? Are you on a cell phone? If you're on a cell phone, what version of that cell phone are you on? What's your battery life at? Are you plugged into a wall and charging <laughs> while you're surfing? It oh tracks God. all that stuff. It, it tracks the websites and apps that are connected to Facebook. You You've Forget about that. I personally do it also for, for ease and of convenience. Uh, my Spotify, for example, is I log in through my Facebook. Oh, no. That means Facebook gets all that information and the thousands of other websites and apps that log in through Facebook. It stores all that. No, nah, I and don't this log is, in through Facebook. I log in through Google. I let them yeah, know all my information. Exactly. And it's, it's a never-ending list, so much so that we're going to read it to you. There are 98 personal data points that Facebook uses to target ads oh to you. Oh, my God. They're so good. And this good. is – 
this is the the very forward facing stuff. This is when if I'm an advertiser, I go to Facebook and these are what I can sort by. And it's disgustingly overwhelming. But buckle in and prepare to be bored for a minute. But it's I, we're going to read all 98 because it, you should just hear all this. Oh, man. OK, so am I going to handle like the first group or or you want to do all of them? Yeah, just it's broken up into groups of 16. So you will just take turns. Just rat them off. Oh, man. All right. Location, age, generation, gender, language, education level, field of study, school, ethnic affinity, income and net worth, home ownership and type. Home value, property size, square footage of home, year home was built, household composition. Users who have an anniversary within 30 days. Users who are away from family or hometown. Users who are friends with someone who has an anniversary, is newly married or engaged, recently moved, or has an upcoming birthday. Users in a long-distance relationship. Users in new relationship. Users who have new jobs. Users who are newly engaged. Users who are newly married. Users who recently moved. Users who have birthdays soon. Parents. Expected parents. Mothers divided by type, i.e. soccer, trendy, etc. Users who are likely to engage in politics, conservatives and liberals, relationship status, and you'll notice that dads are not broken up by type. There's only one type of dad, Austin. <laughs> yes, there's no stay-at-home dads. Employer, industry, job title, office type, interests, users who own motorcycles, users who plan to buy a car and what kind of or brand of car and how soon, users who bought auto parts or accessories recently, users who are likely to need auto parts or services, style and brand of car you drive, your car was bought, age of car, how much money user is likely to spend on next car, where user is likely to buy next car, how many employees your company has, users who own small businesses, users who work in management or are executives, users who have donated to charity divided by type, operating system, users who play canvas games, I don't even know what that is, canvas. users who own a gaming console, users who have created a Facebook event, users right. who have used Facebook payments, okay. users who have spent more than average on Facebook payments, right. users who administer a Facebook page, mm -hmm. users who have recently uploaded photos to Facebook, internet browser type, email service type, early late adopters of technology, expats divided by what country they're originally from, users who belong to a credit union, national bank or regional bank, users who invest divided by investment type, number of credit lines. Users who are active credit card users, credit card type, users who have a debit card, users who carry a balance on their credit card, users who listen to the radio, preference in TV shows, users who use a mobile device divided by what brand they use, internet connection type, users who recently acquired a smartphone or tablet, users who access the internet through a smartphone or tablet, users who use coupons, types of clothing users household buys, time of year users household shops most, users who are heavy buyers of beer, wine, or spirits, users who buy groceries and what kinds, users who buy beauty products, users who buy allergy medications, cough cold medications, pain relief products, and over-the-counter meds. I know you spaced out by now, but again, this is everything that advertisers can just sort by. Users who spend money on household products, users who spend money on products for kids or pets and what kind of pets they have, users whose household make more purchases than average, users who tend to shop online or users who tend to shop offline. We're almost there. Type of restaurants user eats at, kind of stores users shop at, users who are receptive to offers from companies 
companies offering online auto insurance, higher education or mortgages, and prepaid debit cards. Basically, oh, that's, that's idiots who click on pop-up ads. Length of time user is lived in-house. Users who are likely to move soon. Users who are interested in the Olympics, fall football, cricket, or Ramadan. That's the list. <laughs> Olympics, fall football, cricket, or Ramadan. Users who travel frequently for work or pleasure. Users who commute to work. Types of vacation users tend to go on. Users who recently returned from a trip. Users who recently used a travel app. And users who participate in a timeshare. And that is our 98 theses. That is a list put together by WashingtonPost.com. It is it is a glimpse into how much these guys know about you. And again, I know that's a boring, overwhelming list, but Jesus, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Listen, this is all so you can get the best products that suit your needs. Well, that's the interesting conversation here is, you know, we all know this is happening and no one's doing anything to change it. I personally write privacy policies for companies and apps and, and, and different kinds of startups that do a plethora of different things that track everything everything about you. And the goal there is to be better for you. The reason these advertisers want to target ads at you is so that you're seeing things that you want to buy. I don't want to see an ad for tampons. I want to see an ad for the new Avengers movie. Yeah. And that's that's targeted at me. And that's maybe better. But and you the know flip what? Side, I got to say, Facebook ads are pretty good. I think they're better than Google ads. Well, Facebook anyway. has basically become an ad at this point. I mean, when when all of these websites are slowly turning into a way to advertise to you better, if you remember when Facebook first started doing autoplayed videos, everybody thought it was insane and terrible. And why is this Vine now? Well, it was never to be Vine. It was so when you're scrolling through, you'll see an ad autoplay and you won't think anything of it. And now we're there. That's what Facebook is now. It's Other websites are mimicking mind. it. It's true. I mean, it's just it's never going to go back to how it was. So we've been doing this forever. Facebook's always been very upfront about this stuff. You know, it, as Mark Zuckerberg just famously said very recently, with all these allegations, he said, hey, you all agreed to this. And that's true. We might not read these privacy policies, but you have a pretty good idea what's in there. And we've all been willingly agreeing to them for a very long time. I, I, we've said it's the same thing as using a smartphone. You're agreeing that this is a service or a product that you want to use. So you are willing to give up certain information in order to use it. And it's true for everything. I mean, when you go to your dominoes.com app and it says your favorite order, it's because it's tracking you. It knows you and it'll recommend deals to you when you go on the next time. Yeah. It's everything about your life is tracked. I have an Alexa in the other room listening to me. I have Siri on my phone listening to me. I have a Samsung TV listening to me. It's not, go we are way past the point of, of turning this around. So we just need to learn how to live with it and make it way less egregiously terrible. So more importantly than just having this information, it's important how this information is shared. Again, I work on a lot of these privacy policies and one thing we always put in them is what can we do with your information? Okay, we have it now. What can we do with it? And the answer is just about anything as long as you disclose it. There are obviously rules and regulations. That, uh, we're actually going to have a privacy expert on soon to talk about the GDPR, which is a, a very heavy privacy law coming down in Europe that's going to change a lot of us. And it's going to change all of our game developers. Uh, clients are going to have to comply with it. Basically, if you have any product that is used by a European, you are going to be subject to the GDPR. And and we're going to get into that in another episode, but it's something people have asked about a lot. So don't sit here expecting us to get to that in this episode. What we will get into, though, is, again, what they do with this information they collect from you. The public information can be seen by everyone. That's the obvious stuff. This is when your profile is public, it is there for everyone. And that might seem obvious, but it's not necessarily obvious. A lot of people sign up for Facebook and they have they put in their phone number or they put in what whatever else, and they're not that tech savvy, and they don't realize that anyone else can see that stuff. So- <laughs> 
And it, now you know why O'Connor is always freaking paranoid about Facebook. Right. But it's it's you know, that's on them. They they agreed to certain privacy settings. They didn't check this stuff before signing up. And, and that's the public information that is available. You can private all that stuff. And once you private it, it is going to be available still to third parties. It's going to be available to vendors, service providers, other partners that also get your information through various different ways. It's going to go through the uh, hundreds of different apps that sign up for it. Long story short, you know, they can they, they take this information and they just distribute it everywhere and anywhere. And you're you've consented to that. Now, Facebook says last revised September 29th, 2016, which was the last major update to their privacy policy. They say that these partners or, or the vendors or people they share this info with must adhere to strict confidentiality obligations in a way that is consistent with this being Facebook's data policy and the agreements we enter into with them. Now, what does that actually mean? It's a nice sounding sentence. Yeah. These partners must adhere to strict confidentiality obligations in a way that is consistent with this data policy and the agreements we enter into them with them. Cool. OK, so you're going to share my info, but they're going to be subject to strict confidentiality obligations. They're yes. going to be subject to this data policy. Cool. All right. That's not so bad until you actually look at everything and realize that the data policy and everything that they're agreeing to with Facebook is just as arbitrary and ridiculous as Facebook's privacy policy. It's it, you're not actually being protected anywhere. There's not very strict confidentiality rules or anything like that, which has become the source of the new story throughout all of the land. Facebook and Cambridge Analytica founded in 2013 as a sub company of British behavioral research group SCL group. Cambridge Analytica was founded by Robert Mercer and everyone's favorite Nazi, Steve Bannon. To be fair, Steve Bannon divested his holdings after joining the Trump campaign as uh, chief of staff, but he still was was part of this. And that just inherently makes this an evil and terrible company. But what they did was even more an evil and terrible than you might imagine. The company hired a Russian-American psychology professor, Dr. Alexander Kogan, from Cambridge University's Psychometrics Center after the university itself turned the company down. Which just sounds evil, right? Psychometrics? center there's there's no way that well, it sounds like good. something from metal gear solid yeah like there's they're definitely training like kerrigan in there and they're not they're not like curing diseases they're figuring out how to shoot a nuke from a cloaked person no how to, how to crack the human brain to begin data mining people's facebook activity Individuals were identified as American Facebook users on Mechanical Turk, an online marketplace where people contract with others to perform various tasks when AI is not capable of doing so. It's a weird website where you sign up to do little odds and ends for a couple bucks here and there. It's it's like a, a dumber Fiverr.com. Uh, and and basically what it what this job in particular was signing up for something called This Is Your Digital Life, which Dr. Kogan put out to uh, it was a quiz. It would give you a dollar or two dollars, whatever it was. And it was sold as a personality quiz. Uh, and basically, people love taking personality quizzes. Yeah, on for sure. Like them everywhere. Like answer these 500 questions and we'll tell something amazing about you and give you a dollar. We'll tell and, you what your favorite Lord of the Rings character you are. Well, before you make fun of it, Austin, you did the, this endless times. And I don't mean personality quizzes. You used to do those Google surveys for like 12 cents. I still where you do. would give away. That's okay. So you're the problem with America and the world. But you answer those surveys that gives away all your personal information and opinions and everything else for like six cents. Do you why, know do what you, it, why do you do it? 
Because they ask me, hey, did you visit Auto Body Store, Starbucks, or Target in the last two weeks? And, or none of the above. And it's often none of the above. And that's it. And it gives me 10 cents. And then sometimes it's like, oh, Starbucks. I went to Starbucks. Oh, you went to Starbucks. Did you make a purchase? If you did make a purchase, did you pay with cash or credit or debit? All right. So you're the perfect example of how little your privacy is worth to you. And I think as much as I will make fun of you for that, and I think you're an absolute idiot for that, you know, I I think that's most people on the planet at this point your your privacy you will exchange all of your privacy for 10 cents and uh 50 cool. cents when i'm answering questions like that great and so, the so most you, important thing so you're, is you're, that if i leave a review which i do sometimes anyway i get a dollar whoa yeah. okay so your privacy is worth a buck that's great because it's in line with this this is your digital life would give you a buck and two hundred and seventy thousand american voters installed the app and took the personality quiz. Now there's an important word in there, voters. 270,000 American registered voters installed and took this quiz, which Cambridge Analytics then took and from Dr. Kogan and basically used to figure out the voter profile. Now, but, but Ryan, why is that important? Well, it, it what's even crazier before we get to the very obvious end result here of where all this information was used, we can look at these 270,000 voters turned into information on 50 million Facebook users. Why? Because when these 270,000 American voters installed the app and took the quiz, they agreed to share the data of their friends list. And that means it, it could go into their friends list and see their friends' profiles <laughs> and see the likes of their friends, see the age of their friends. Basically, how we said earlier, all that public information. Well, and all that public information. Yeah, all that stuff was just d- d- data mined through that voter that signed up for it. So a quarter million people turned into 50 million That's people. So- crazy. And then they took all that information and they had information on 50 million American voters. They put that data together. And Austin, can you guess what group decided to purchase the use of this data? Uh, No, no, excuse me. Uh, It was just being gathered for academic purposes. Ah, so joking aside, that was their argument. In 2014, Facebook came in and said, hey, Seems like you're taking a lot of information here and, you know, we don't care and we're evil and we're Facebook, but what's up? We have to cover our own butt. Yeah, they were like, you know, what are you doing with this stuff? You're not allowed to take all this data and like go sell it to someone else. Like, as we said earlier, you agreed to special confidential agreements with us which basically oh, no, say no, no, no facebook no no we're, we're not using it for anything any anything devious or that are you, you in trouble. sure because you have like it's like 50 million people that's a <laughs> no, lot no, no no it's for academic purposes it's fine oh okay i mean we're pro academia so cool and of course and, you are and that's basically what happened in in 2014 this the facebook flagged this they said whoa 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 we're using it for academic information and they were like oh cool we love school oh, okay. go have fun a- a- academic that's that's fine because it's scholarly stuff. But in 2015, Facebook then found out they were using the information for electioneering purposes. Electioneering purposes? What are you suggesting? So they would basically take that data and they sold it to the Trump campaign and people surrounding that campaign. And the idea of what Trump ran on, the popularism, the idea of, hey, we know what you want. Well, they quite literally did. They had 50 million users information. They knew exactly what they liked, what they disliked, what buttons to press. Trump is not a smart person. I think no, no, that's no, been proven. Now, how specific were these profiles that they collected? Well, we just read 98 things that advertisers can go through. So imagine how much 
they could go through here. For these 50 million people, they had, quote unquote, psychographic profiles that had the names, the home address, the phone number, the education, the birthday, the voter records, Ooh. political tendencies, and a sophisticated personality analysis, oh. which allowed Cambridge Analytica to identify, quote unquote, the most persuadable voters and target them with so-called, quote unquote, fake news on various platforms. So the fake news, the, the term that Trump made so popular during the election, he was quite literally paying to have that be his campaign. He was relying on fake news being spread out by his team through Cambridge Analytica. And again, this is all not 100 percent proven yet, but I think every single domino is in place for this to be reality. Yeah, please. Now, now to be fair, uh, when Facebook learned in 2015 that the data was being used for electioneering purposes, it asked Cambridge Analytica to delete the data. But that's it. It said, hey, yo, whoa, whoa, hold up. We see what you're doing here. Delete that. And they were like, okay, cool. We'll delete it. And then Facebook never actually confirmed that the data was deleted. Now, Nor did it notify users of the privacy breach. Now, to be fair, there's two steps to that. Facebook never confirmed the data was deleted, and it did not notify users of the breach. <sighs> Both are kind of okay in my eyes. I, I'm, I'm putting on lawyer hat for a second. The first, whoa. they are not a police force. They are not a, the executive branch of the government. They are not supposed to, they can't go on your computer and make the sure you deleted something. notification thing, though. Not notifying users? Well, here's, when, when here's part, card but here is, is part two, Austin. You have okay. an obligation to report data breaches. That is a legal duty. You have to do it. There's not really a data breach here. Everyone that they use the information of here signed up willingly. And they agreed to what Cambridge Analytica said. They were Cambridge Analytica was like, "Oh, we're going to use your shit for whatever we want." And everyone's like, "Okay, okay, okay, <laughs> click, okay, I can't wait to get this dollar." I, I, I need to take this personality quiz. But it was technically a breach of Facebook's privacy policy, but not. It's really arguable if this was a quote unquote privacy breach. Oh, uh, okay, because it, it it breached Facebook's like their their agreement, like their their like their thing where they say, "Oh, it's you know, arguably they had to agree to this." It didn't even necessarily breach that because the users had agreed to. Cambridge Analytica's thing in the app. But regardless, that that Facebook found out about it and they tried to at least say like, all right, you're, you're done here. Regardless, Cambridge Analytica, by its own admission, was able to exert quote unquote significant influence on the outcome of the 2016 presidential election. Okay. Make America great again. The case study. All right. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah <I'm laughs> oh, this is my favorite part. The success of the campaign garnered recognition from many national news outlets and received several awards awards, including taking gold in the Advertising Research Foundation's 2017 David Ogilvy Awards in the Big Data category. And, and as they should. I mean, this is next level data mining. They did it with our permission. It's it's great to be outraged about this, but at the same time, you clicked OK on it. It's it's very frustrating. But we have the worst person ever in the history of the world running the country right now, in a large part due to people getting a dollar to exchange their entire brain power for. And it's just that's where we're at as a, as a world. We're, we're basically, you know, begging to be put in the machine in the matrix and just say, like, just do whatever you want hey, as long as you give us that dollar. In, I'll give you heat machines so long as you put me in this mediocre world. Right. So about a month ago from from when we're recording this, this this all really broke and the story became a popular one. And Facebook pretty immediately said, well, hold on, let's let's talk about this. <laughs> and uh, Facebook stated on March 16th that it suspended Dr. Kogan from its platform. They said Kogan requested to gain access to information from people after they chose to download his app. His app, This Is Your Digital Life, offered a personality prediction and built itself on Facebook as a research app used by psychologists. That seems accurate. 
approximately 270,000 people downloaded the app. In so doing, they gave their consent for Dr. Kogan to access information such as the city they set on their profile or content they had liked, as well as more limited information about friends who had their privacy settings to allow it. Now, although this is still Facebook talking. Now, although Kogan gained access to this information in a legitimate way and through the proper channels that governed all developers on Facebook at that time, he did not subsequently abide by our rules by passing information on to a third party, including Cambridge Analytica and Christopher Wiley of Unoia Technologies, he violated our platform policies. Those when, privacy agreements that Facebook <laughs> said that they had with app makers. Yeah, when we learned of this violation in 2015, we removed his app from Facebook and demanded certifications from Kogan and all parties he had given data to that the information had been destroyed. Cambridge <laughs> Analytica, Kogan, and Wiley all certified to us they destroyed the data. Now, again, Facebook did not check, but it's very arguable that they didn't have the power to check anyway. So, fair. I'll give you a pass on that, Facebook. They at least attempted something in 2015, although, like we just said, they didn't let other people know this was happening. Now, all apps requesting detailed user information go through Facebook's app review process, which requires developers to justify the data they're looking to collect and how they're going to use it before they're even allowed to ask people for it. Now, this is, ne- this is, this is Facebook's new pro- firewall. This is their new ability to, to prevent this from happening again. Well, it's very similar to every other app review process in the, the world, and they're all garbage. They don't actually test or protect for to, any they of They have this. to contend with such numbers. Yeah, so they're great. I mean, big whoop. It's like the ESRB saying loot boxes are going to have an in-app purchases available tag on the, on the games. Like, that solves nothing. That's 10 years too late, and you've accomplished literally nothing to help this process. Uh, I guess we have to have the government take over the ESRB then. So on on March 17th, Facebook added the claim that this is a data breach is completely false. Dr. Kogan requested and gained access to information from users who chose to sign up to his app and everyone involved gave their consent. People knowingly provided their information. No systems were infiltrated. No passwords or sensitive pieces of information were stolen or hacked. This is Facebook saying you agreed to give this information. Now, isn't that true? How do you just feel... Law aside, before because I'm going to get into the law, how do how do you just feel about that as a, as an incompetent citizen, Austin? I agreed to it. Not me personally. I only go with Google Opinion Rule. Well, you do the same thing elsewhere. So I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, does this change your? Are you going to stop doing it? Is it? Is it? Does this affect your thought process at all when it comes to this stuff? Not really. I, which I guess is not great, but I, I think that that's just the world that we're living in now. I actually enjoy targeted advertisements because it shows me stuff that I like. I hate to say it, but it's kind of a dystopian view or utopian, depending on how you look at it. But we are not getting our privacy back because there's not going to be a, a revolution where we topple technology and everybody decides to stop using smartphones. We're going to just keep going down that path. So we might as well embrace that path and and look at it as a utopia like you said earlier i personally don't want to see an ad for tampons or football stuff or beer because they don't appeal to me they're not my demographic whereas if i get to see advertisements for new cool geeky stuff i i see such cool like dice boxes and miniature like campaigns and uh, all that kind of stuff that that i that is interesting to me so i like getting that stuff that's why i actually do enjoy i mean facebook ads i generally generally block uh there's a there's a facebook ad block but because i follow certain pages they have advertisements and i see those advertisements and 
honestly, they're pretty good. And I'd rather be seeing those advertisements than just all the random crap. Yes, I know it's targeted at me, and it's I'm their, I'm their target demographic. It's the stuff that I'm going to want to buy. But guess what? We live in a capitalist society. We are consumers. That's, that's who we are. Why not consume... <laughs> Why not consume to our fullest potential? Because it's going to be happening anyway. It sounds a little fatalist when I say it like that. Hmm. Oh god, this sounds awful, actually. I think I'm trapped in the Matrix, and I've been tricked by the machines. Help me. In all seriousness, this is where we're at. I don't see this changing. I see us having to just be more intelligent citizens when we see this fake news and these memes and these things targeted at us to trick us. But I don't see that being fixed either, to be frank. Uh, I, I think if Poor we're... Bill. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, that's where we're at. It's it's just it's it's a very sad thing. There's no way to bring up having to take a test or a quiz before you vote without it getting very Jim Crow laws very quickly. But, man, I don't see another way around this. There's just the, the, the fact that my my dad, who relies entirely on Facebook memes as his news source and Fox News, you know, the fact that he has the same vote as someone who is up to date on the issues and reads things and knows who's running is scary, but that's what democracy is, and that's where we're at. It's called an idiocracy. Yeah, well, that movie gets more and more real every single year. We're doing it. We're all consenting to it. Moving on to the legal action that's existed here so far, uh, March 19th, so again, just under a month ago, two former officials at the FTC told Law 360, which is one of the trusted legal news sources that most lawyers read every day, that this could bring the company into the sights of federal regulators for violating a promise to get express consent from users before sharing their data beyond the firm's established privacy settings. Oh, okay. Now, now, not Cambridge Analytica. Facebook could be liable for fines of up to $40,000 per violation. Per violation, 240,000 people? Or 270. And yeah, you could argue that it's 50 million. I, I, I don't know how they would do it. But, you know, no one hacked into Facebook here. But this is a classic case of misuse of private data with Facebook either being unwilling or unable to stop the wound, said David Vladek, who was head of FCC's Consumer Protection Bureau when the agency signed its 2011 consent decree with the company. So so they basically have already obviously been looking at this for a long time. And I think that we're, we're seeing kind of everybody's greatest fear here as we have a, a president largely in part to a data breach from Facebook. That's scary. And now on March 20th, the day after, there was two class action lawsuits filed in the Northern District of California. California uh, for this very reason about the, there's the only one data, data breach. There's, o there's only one group that wins in a class action lawsuit. The lawyers. Yeah. It's true, though. <laughs> <laughs> the stock at Facebook dropped drastically. Claims against Cambridge Analytica and Facebook that uh, that they violated Facebook users' privacy rights and California's unfair competition law. California has some California. of the – Yeah, they have some of the strictest – uh, privacy laws around. It'll be super interesting to see them tested in court. In March 23rd, Cambridge Analytica and Facebook and SCL Group Limited, CA's parent company, were sued by an Illinois Cook County state attorney. Cook County state's attorney, Kim Fox, hit Facebook, Cambridge Analytica, and the firm's parent company, SCL Group Limited, with one count each of violating the Illinois Consumer Fraud and Deceptive Business Practices Act. The suit alleged this kind of mass data collection was not only allowed, but encouraged by Facebook, which sought to keep developers building on its platform and provide companies with all the tools they need to influence and manipulate user behavior. That's because Facebook is not a social media company. It is the largest data mining operation in existence. But that's so that's what the, the suit alleges. That's dumb. Also, 
because it is a social media company. But that is hand in hand with with data mining. But yes. that's again because of us. We use social media to, to to share everything about us. We used to joke when Twitter first came out. Oh, you know, it's all just to, to make sure that everyone knows what I'm eating for lunch. Ha 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 ha. But that's basically what everything is. It's just constant updates about everything in your life. You're sharing all of your most private and intimate thoughts with the world. I tweet every hour because I'm hilarious. And it's it's just, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, I, man, I laughed at that joke because it was so funny. You yeah, should tweet but, that. but in all seriousness, like we just don't have privacy anymore. So to say it's not a social media company is is insane to me it is just unfortunately social media companies are the, the the future of where it's our journals it's where everything is kept and it's the future of data mining because uh, they're going to agree and, to it if it's cool to what you said i regret that facebook wasn't around when i was a kid i regret that i didn't grow up with this stuff because i don't have pictures of all the stuff i used to do i don't have any uh photographic memories of the band i was in or or the hockey teams i played for and i would have if social media was around then and Wait, i would have so traded that's my what your privacy, privacy is for. worth yeah for sure i'm not as much as I think what you do is extra level ridiculous, I love that Facebook has all my memories on it from from college and forward. Uh, you know, it's, listen, I I enjoy that too, but I it, it's it's funny that like you know I I have some some minor monetary compensation and, and yes, I don't think a dollar is the same for, is, for the memories of my life. Yes, but you you would still have access to the memories of the of those lives if you just had pictures of them. That's what Facebook does. Sure, I mean it's it basically a, 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 a but I, again, like a lot of those pictures are ones I was tagged in that a friend put up or things like that. That's I, that's why Facebook was so amazing. It was a great way to stay in touch with friends, but also share memories together. And you know, unfortunately, those memories are all data that's mined and sold to election campaigns. Yeah, but you'll never know about it. It's not like it's not like you you'll ever meet the guy that was looking at your personal uh, information and where you moved and where where you were employed temporarily. And oh my god, they they know so much. They do. And and what's crazy is you know it's it's just gonna get quote unquote worse. We like to put a face at things, so everyone's blaming Mark Zuckerberg for this, but you shouldn't be. You should be blaming yourselves for agreeing to it. And you're, it's not like anyone deleted their Facebook after this. There was this whole movement, hashtag delete Facebook, which was hilariously on, on Twitter. Well, no, oh, on Twitter, which is just as bad. And it's it's just hilarious. You know, it's, oh, it's, Twitter's not just as bad. It has a bird and it doesn't have Mark Zuckerberg, who, who I heard. Is you just a, said Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> OK, on that note, I think we have a we've had a great day and I'm going to call it. We we will have okay, I'm actually traveling out to New York tomorrow, bringing the, the old studio reservations with us. We're going to go down to HeadGum and we're going to knock out a, a bunch of episodes together. So, oh, man, I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be nice to record all three of us together in person. We're going to go over a lot of the hot button issues that are coming around lately, and we will have some interesting guests and keep it rolling every Tuesday. So thanks for listening and hanging out with us. Please rate us five stars or don't rate us at all. And, and don't uh, forget to follow <laughs> us on Twitter. That's right. I'm, I'm at Mr. Ryan Morrison. I'm at Robot Austin and on the Twitter, show the is, social media platform and the for all your information. And the show is Robot underscore Congress. We don't have a Facebook page because we're fighting the power. Yeah. Screw you, data miners. We use Twitter, not Facebook. Yeah. Good night. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>